It is 20 years, if you can believe it, since Facebook was launched, of course, as the Facebook back then. Last week, of course, his uh, founder and CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, was forced to apologise at a Senate hearing to parents whose children had died following sexual exploitation via social media or cyberbullying. And that was after he'd come under immense pressure during the questioning. This was from... Uh, one of the senators, Josh Hawley, who demanded an apology from Mark Zuckerberg. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? Indeed, he turned around and he did deliver an apology. A matter of hours later, though, his company Meta delivered its quarterly results with the stock price surging by over 20%, its value up almost $200 billion. Meta, of course, owns, amongst others, Instagram, WhatsApp and Threads, as well as Facebook. My next guest is Arturo Bejar, who worked for the company between 2009 and 2015 and then again between 2019 and 2021. He came forward as a whistleblower, saying Instagram wasn't doing enough to protect children from online harms. And he's with us now. Arturo, thank you for being with us on Saturday morning. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What was your reaction when you saw Mark Zuckerberg uh, being questioned by the Senate and indeed giving that apology? I was glad that he apologized to the parents, but it, it was just not enough, right? I think that most of his answers, if not all of his answers to the questions were along the lines of, we're doing enough. Uh, what we're doing works, we're putting money into it. Whereas really the, the work should be to sit down with those parents and listen to them as to what happened to their kids and figure out how you could change the product so that um, those things don't repeat themselves again. But um, he nor the, the other people at, at uh, Meta seem to uh, want to do this. Yes, he said, amongst other things, uh, we're going to continue doing industry-wide efforts to make sure no one has to go through the things your families have had to suffer. How considerable do you rate those efforts um, to make sure that people are, particularly children, are kept safe online? Well, I think that um, the work that was done under my supervision in my second stint at Instagram, we asked teens about their experiences on Instagram and asked them um, if they've wanted, if they've gotten, for example, unwanted advances. And one in eight said yes in the last seven days. We asked them if they were bullied and harassed, like the kids uh, that um, from the parents behind Mark. And one in 10 said yes in the last seven days and then asked them, how supported did you feel by Instagram when that happened? And half of them said not at all, right? And so I think ultimately the measure of this work, right, whether they were doing the, enough on this, is you would ask kids if they're experiencing the things and you wouldn't have 10 or 20% of them saying yes in the last seven days. You would have like 1%, 2%, much smaller numbers. And the work is pretty straightforward, but you you have to be willing to do the work that uh, you measure by whether it helps teens or whether it helps parents with what their teens are facing. And that's what they're not doing today. Mm. He also said, this is Mark Zuckerberg, said the existing body of scientific work has not shown a causal link between using social media and young people having worse 
mental health. Is that your understanding of what is known within the company? No, within the company, there were many studies and conversations about um, distressing experiences for teenagers, how the product impacted their mental health. Um, And as well in external literature, there's plenty of evidence of that as well. And I think that um, the the job was, I think, to listen to their own research and and to even ask teens how they're doing when they're using the product. And on, on that statement on his part, I thought, um, and, and I did talk to many of the parents that were sitting behind him, they found that very disrespectful because to say that there's no link between that in front of a parent whose uh, child committed suicide because of bullying it seems pretty... Um, I don't know, insensitive at the, at a minimum, but most of all, not really acknowledging the, the, these harms. Right? If if Mark turned around and said, "We understand these are difficult issues. We're committed to working on them on transparency. We're committed to bringing experts inside the product teams, as they used to do ten years ago, because that was the work that I did." Then most people would be like, oh, thank you, that makes sense. But instead, he doesn't really acknowledge the harms and he's saying that what they're doing is enough where by the most important measure, which is asking a teen about their experience, they aren't. Mm. Um, What did you take from the financial results that, of course, came out just hours after his appearance at the Senate? It, it, It seems to me that advertisers have not yet fully connected to the fact that what they're funding in Instagram, while there is good, and I want to be clear that I'm not a, um, I I believe in the good that social media can provide. My daughter is still uh, on Instagram. Mm. It's just that um, Mark seems to think that uh, in order to get the good, you have to have the bad, which is not true. And I think that advertisers don't yet realize or connect with the fact that, um, their ads are getting served next to self-harm content or content that's pornographic in nature, if not um, visually graphic, um, to a 13-year-old, right? And 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 I, I believe deeply in freedom of speech, but um, when you when you spend time looking how, for example, Instagram reels work, um, you you'll find lots of things that are very troubling, and all of those have ads by well-known brands. And and it really shouldn't be the case. I do think that advertisers should hold the company accountable as to the kind of experience they're providing uh, teenagers. Mm. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your daughter's experience with Instagram, which I, I guess kind of set a lot of this in motion for you. Yeah, absolutely. When, when I, in my first stint, I dedicated a year of work and I was the person responsible for all of these issues, working directly with Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg for six years. Um, and and I left feeling that the, the product was heading in a direction where I would be happy for my kids to spend time and everybody's kids, because that's really the job is creating an environment that is that is protective of everybody's kids. And then my daughter got in, on Instagram when she was 14 and she came up to me and uh, very quickly was talking to me about getting unwanted advances, um, not just from adults, but also from like other boys that were one or two friends away. So kind of like it being normalized that it was okay to uh, to write a girl asking if she wanted to have sex that night, right? Which is deeply inappropriate. But 
And I told her, so what did you do? And I said, I asked for help. And then did you get any help? And from by using the tools that Instagram gave you? And she just said, no. Um, she started writing about cars and she started getting harassed in her post with some deeply misogynistic um, comments. And she tried reporting them. And again, um, I asked her even like a couple of weeks ago, uh, because she tried to use those tools where you ask for help. If she ever got help from Instagram when dealing with these issues, and her response was uh, not once. So, and it was her having. Sorry. No, no. I was Go just going to say, how does how does Instagram or or Meta more broadly measure these sorts of harmful interactions? Do they have a a, a complete picture, I suppose, within the company of what is going on? They they did. Um, so how how they currently report publicly about this is they use this thing they called prevalence. And and to give you an example, um, at the time that my daughter was experiencing these things, um, their prevalence for um, for bullying that they put in their what they call the transparency reports, which they published for people to see, the number on Instagram was. 0.08% is what they, the number they put out. Um, well, at the same time on the inside, um, when you asked a 13-year-old if they watched somebody else get bullied or harassed, uh, one in four said yes in the last seven days, right? 25%. So mm-hmm. at, at the time at which the company is saying externally that the prevalence of bullying and harassment is 0.08%, what you're really hearing when you ask teens whether they've seen other people do this and you got one in four saying yes. It, it kind of paints a picture of a company that's not being honest about the harms on the platform, even though internally they have the data that's telling them otherwise. So how easy would it be to put some modifications in place that would actually make a meaningful difference? It would be very easy for them because, for example, in the case of self-harm content and... and uh, I spent some time with um, uh, Molly Rose's dad, uh, this uh, girl who committed suicide in the UK, um, and they found Instagram as having provided her with a stream of self-harm content that that, uh, contributed to her taking her own life. And most of the content that did that is still up on the platform and is still getting recommended to teenagers. And... They, they have systems that are pretty sophisticated. They, they, they're able to provide billions of people personalized recommendations within milliseconds of you opening the applications. And so it would be easy for them to say, you know, for teenagers, we're going to provide a more PG experience where self-harm content um, is just not recommended. Um, um, it's, again, pornographic content, again, not recommended. And, and most of the recommendations I talk about, they're not about Uh, impinging on what people can say that the platforms allow. It's about being mindful about what you recommend a 13-year-old in the knowledge that they're still developmentally in a a place where they might not be equipped to deal with a stream of content that produces anxiety, stress, or body image issues for them. So you just have to take special care. And they have the infrastructure to do that, but they they have to choose to do that. And how you would measure it is where we began, Mm. which is to ask a teen, did you see... Um, like unwanted sexual content in the last seven days. And again, when we did the study a couple of years ago, which they should be doing every three months, uh, one in five, 20% said yes, in the last seven days, I saw sexual content that I did not want to see, right? And so um, that would be an easy thing for them to do. Mm. Um, 
And the other thing that would be very easy for them to do, uh, which they used to do and they removed, is for the case of bullying and harassment. We knew when we were doing this work 10 years ago and talking to researchers that the most important thing is for the for the kid to feel supported while it's happening. And so you build a product that when they ask for help, you validate them, you connect them with somebody real time, independent of whether you will be able to have any repercussions with the bully, which is such a complex problem that might not even address things in the first place. You start by making a team feel supported mm. and that they can totally build. They know how to build things like this, but they need to choose to do so. Mm. I'm interested uh, in the metaverse, which is something that is still being built. Is that going to make it better, do you think? I think that the metaverse has a, a different set of issues because of the vulnerability um, of, 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 of how you in, interact with it, right? And so uh, they're doing some interesting work in terms of creating a sense of personal space. Um, but it, ultimately, they, they, what makes an environment safe, which is the most important work, is, is having social norms, right? Social norms are what makes a school um, a park, a workplace, um, this broadcast, kind of like a, an environment where you can relate with each other in a way that is safe. And so I hope that for the metaverse, as well as for Instagram, they can invest in something that stops somebody from coming up to you and screaming something that's profoundly distressing to mm-hmm. you, um, um, that you're going to be feel very vulnerable if this is happening in the metaverse because of the nature of interactions. And, 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 um, and something which might be a comment now in a post, which is distressing enough as it is, could feel very different. And and what you want to do is you want to build something where people know that at least in, in certain contexts, you know, you ought to be respectful um, and, uh, and, and then you provide mechanisms to mm. help deal with that happens independent of the content. Just briefly, what has been your experience um, after blowing the whistle on Instagram? Um, you said you might never work in tech again. Yeah, the, 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 when you break confidentiality, you become an un, unwanted person because um, uh, people feel they can't trust you. And I mean, I understand. I, I used to be the security person, so I understand the company's perspective on this. But it's the only way I saw to help bring the conversation forward for our kids um, because the companies don't seem to be engaging in a good conversation. And what I found is some truly wonderful lawmakers and regulators in the US, um, in the UK, the places where I've been, Mm. of people who are really dedicated to to put in place regulations that protect our kids. And they they need people like me to Mm. help them understand how technology companies work in order that they can do effective regulation that protects our children. And I Mm. hope to be in service of that for the next few years. Well, thank you very much for your time on Saturday morning. That is Arturo Bejar. 